comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 193 for season 7, episode 14 of The Walking Dead, entitled The Other Side. I am your host, Craig DeMonda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Newarth. Hey, ho, hey, ho, hey. I got nothing after that. Hey, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We got you. And joining us again for a short but all too long hiatus, Mr. Richard Chubtoad Sheldon. I am Dr. Richard Sheldon. I am Dr. Chub Toad. I am chief engineer of this podcast. And we are Ningen, and so am I. That's perfect. We missed you. Yeah. Mr. Daryl Taylor. I told you. I told you so. I told you. You knew it. You knew it. Huh? I am the spiritual Negro because I knew it. I told you. I knew it was going to happen. Prophecy, I tell you. Prophesize it. Yeah, just just like uh, Usher on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. That's right. And as you can hear, Mr. Jim Dietz. I'd like to introduce you all to uh, Negan Care. We take away your doctor, but we leave you a case of aspirin. <laughs> That's pretty good. Nice. <laughs> So uh, I, I guess what what uh, Daryl's talking about is you know we, we were like maybe Sonequa Martin Green's gonna stick around you know she can do two shows she can juggle the you know the, the schedule between The Walking Dead and uh, we were just talking before we started the show here I'm like so I guess she's a goner huh and we didn't uh, see her die no not yet we're, we're, we're jumping no ahead a little body bit, no death come on that's true that's true yeah, okay. but you know okay. she she's gone she's saying her goodbyes already I mean this is pretty much right. yeah this is. That's- she basically waved, waved to the camera. Goodbye. <laughs> and, if, and if the uh, saviors don't get her, she's going to be killed by her own foreshadowing. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's it. So uh, your initial thoughts on this week's episode. I know it had kind of mixed reviews from our listeners. Uh, I know people I've spoken to kind of had mixed thoughts on it, too. What do you, what do you guys think? I think it was a downshift from last week, which was a pretty stellar episode. So that yes. didn't that didn't help right there. But on it, taken on its own, yeah, it is a it's a bit it's a bit more of a mixed bag. I for, for me personally, it seemed like we had a perfectly good episode in store for us, which could you know very do a lot of favors for Rosita and Sasha, characters that I don't think have you know gotten much to do besides you know brood and feel bad for the death of Abraham and. 
apparently there was like a buy-in, which means like having to stick with all this other stuff going on before we finally get to what that episode could have been. So we just got like eventually had to like kind of sit through a lot of scenes, which were whatever, save for a few things that we'll talk about before we finally got to the stuff that I thought was going to be interesting. And even then that stuff was fine, just nothing amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, this there were some good moments that I enjoyed in this episode, but all, all in all, it it felt like kind of a waste. Like there wasn't a whole lot that progressed the season forward. And I think they could have spent this time doing a lot more. Um, and I, I think it was you, Aaron, that mentioned it in your review, but somebody mentioned it, but where their big action sequence for this episode is Rosita and, and Sasha boosting a car. Hmm. I just, yeah, I, it left a lot to be desired. I guess, like to me, it seems like they um, they 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 have a place they want to go, and they divided up the chunks. Like, okay, like it's written by Angela Kang this week and directed by Michael Satrazimus, and it's like, okay, Angela, you're going to write episode 14, and it's going to be about uh, making a Sasha and Rosita story, and okay, fine. They just broke this thing out into chunks, but it seems like the tempo is different for each episode. Like, it, we start mm-hmm. ramping up, and then it goes backwards a little bit. Then we start ramping up, and now we get to this yeah. one, and it kind of, as as Aaron said, kind of downshifted. It's like there's no continual theme or like tempo. There's no ramp up to the to the the, the season finale. It's like they're just these little stories yeah. and they're different paces along the way. It just seems choppy. I guess. We always get a few. Well, we always get a few episodes like this every season where it's basically just moving the chess pieces on the board to where they need to be for the finale, or where they need to be to move the story along. It's more like a connective tissue type of thing. And my my big problem is I really don't understand why Sasha and Rosita their motivation for going off by themselves rather than staying and helping Maggie and, you know, with the, you know, with the major rebellion going on or whatever. Right. I kind of, because why waste an army when you can just send a two couple of two badass ladies? Yeah. I have another, what, I, I have I another question about all of this, but that, that leads to the episode. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, my, my, my only problem with the episode again is their, their motivation. I mean, I understand you know, they want revenge on Negan for what happened and everything, but you know, everyone else does too, and everyone else right. is working together to do that. I don't understand why the two of them think they will be able to go in and you know do this and pull this off on their own. But other than that, I mean, again, I just feel this this is one of those episodes we get a couple of them every season where the the pieces are moving on the board, everything's kind of getting shuffled around. And other than Sasha and Rosita's excellent adventure, um, this episode was just kind of connective tissue to me. Well, it does. Like, it didn't make. It doesn't make any logical sense that they would go after Negan. And if they failed, what they would do is cause them probably to attack the other groups. They hope they won't, but that's what you could cause, right, yeah. by doing this. And he even thought that because they said we. Sasha said she needed. You know, you needed you guys to be there. You know, Jesus and uh, the little girl. To be here because when it happens, you know, they're going to need you here for for whatever blowback happens. Right. So they knew that that would cause it. Why would you do that when the hilltop is nowhere near ready for any kind of attack by Negan? They don't know when Rick or they don't need I don't they haven't shown that they're really that much in contact to know exactly when Rick is going to be 
or if they even are ready to do this thing. And between the Alexandrians and the Hilltoppers, you know, they need every experienced fighter in their group right. that they can get. I mean, is you know, whether their skill level of Rosita and Sasha, you know, is on a level of like Rick or whatever, you know, remains mm-hmm. to be seen. But like, they're definitely more trained than the Hilltop people. They're definitely more trained than most of the right. Alexandrians. You know, like why? Why? And if you why would you take two of your best fighters? Yeah. Right. If you care about Maggie so much, why would you even put her in that position? I yeah. think what they're trying to do, and they're, they're failing miserably, is to show that they're so depressed, both of them, about Abraham's passing, and they just want ven- revenge or vengeance so badly that they they just want to commit suicide. They want to get rid of Negan, and they know it's a one-way ticket. They don't care about the consequences. They're just so down that their boyfriend is, is gone, that the person they loved is gone. And I think that's – it's just not translating, I don't think. It's not making it to us that way. It it's seems not because we know that. I mean, we know that on, on paper. We know that the beats <laughs> – it's like they're following certain beats we already know. that This whole thing of having to do this is, of course, because they both miss Abraham. And they never had that conversation that they had today, you know, in this episode that right. they kind of needed to have. But it – I think it's such a different way. You can tell that, like last episode, which was not a action-packed episode, but they knew those characters a lot better. They knew how to to they knew what to do with the the material to give those actors to do the things they needed to do to have those emotional beats, which they happened last last week. I don't think they they don't have these two. I don't think they ever had these two characters down. I don't think they ever invested in these two characters. Well, I mean, it's not its not exactly like there's, you know, if Sasha dies, we riot campaign going on. I <laughs> That's mean, what I mean. That's there's what a I clear, mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's its very clear that these are not the... These Sasha are not the dies, we watch Star Trek. I mean, that's really what it comes down yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> these are not the characters that everyone's going to bat for when it comes to Walking Dead ranking fests. I mean, so it... And that shows here. I mean, that's why I was thinking... It that hurts an episode when you're going to... Like, why do a story where where it's going to count on both of those two characters that you know are not the popular ones, and you know that you're not really you you never really developed them? Why well, I, put I, it on them? Well, them I, but I think that I mean the it's the execution that's the problem. I mean, I I yeah. think I someone maybe would say the same thing about an episode entirely focused on Tara. I know Daryl, you like that episode quite a bit. That's fair, and I like that episode. I think we all like the episode. Some of us liked it more than others, clearly. But I mean, not everyone would necessarily hear like. You know, here's a, there's you know if you're given two options, you're like there's a Morgan episode coming up and a Terror episode coming up. I don't think everyone would be you know running over to the Terror episode because she's not exactly like the biggest defining character on Walking Dead either. But they made that episode work, mm-hmm. and so it's like I would have been happy to see an episode like this work if they did it. You know, if they wrote it better or if it was better structured or what have you. But yeah, it just didn't really deliver <laughs> as far as what it was trying to go for. So let's jump into it. Uh, the cold open. We see kind of this fuzzy out-of-focus shot of Maggie walking towards the camera, and then the music kind of cues up. So it's a, really a musical montage type of opening uh, sequence here. We see scenes where the uh, hilltop blacksmith is hammering metal into, into weaponry, pouring liquid metal into the shape of pitchforks or spears. Uh, we, we see a scene where Sasha is sitting somewhere quietly sharpening her knife. Then we go back to the doctor's office, and we see... Uh, that Maggie is getting an ultrasound of her baby with Enid in the room. Dr. Carson's taking care of her. So we're seeing like kind of the days going by on the hilltop of what they're doing uh, to prepare. We go back to Sasha, and she's doing something on a piece of paper. She's like drawing a layout, I suppose, of Negan's facility somehow. Then we see a sunrise. So I guess a day has passed, or it's the next day. Sasha is training 
uh, the Hilltoppers, including we see Birdie there, uh, the, I guess the one that spoke up a few episodes ago, had a fight with their knives. Then we see, uh, again, Sasha on top of Abraham's grave. Uh, then, so then again, it's a lot of scenes cutting back and forth. Then Jesus walks over and draws over, draws up a map of Negan's facility, hands it over to Sasha, and that's apparently what she was working on before. So it's kind of weird that they're working on this this kind of uh, map that he's where he drew up for them. Maggie sees Daryl outside sitting alone, and she quietly walks over, brings him a plate of food, and just kind of touches him on the shoulder. He doesn't really look at her, but he looks back at her as she's walking back to the trailer. She pauses for a moment, kind of to wipe the tears from her face. I guess she's really still, you know, trying to hold it together, and then walks inside the trailer. Sasha is, again, at the grave of Abraham, this time at night. Then we see another sunrise. Well, Gregory's in the house, drinking his last little drop of booze, I guess because <laughs> I guess because the saviors took it all last time, the good stuff. Yeah. He's down to drinking some bottle of gin they found laying around. He leans over and sees through the window Rosita walk in. And this kind of ties us to where we left off two episodes ago. We see her kind of walk into the hilltop, and it's kind of a recut version of the scene, we, like I said, we ended up with a few episodes back, where Rosita is going over to find Sasha again at Abraham's grave and says that she needs her help. And we get to the credits. It's a nice little montage. Like, I liked it. There's a lot of... This episode's very close-up heavy, which I noticed. Like, there's a there's a lot of big faces in the middle of the frame mm-hmm. as far as the direction goes, which it, it was noticeable enough where I don't know if it necessarily added much to the episode either way, but it was like, oh, that's a... I, I'm noticing the directorial stamp this episode's trying to make here, so good good on you. <laughs> make yeah. it stick out. Yeah, no, it was pretty good, and the music was good, too. I mean, you know, Bear McCreary's yeah, been, been doing really yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So after the credits, Maggie and Jesus are sitting on his stoop having a quiet talk, I guess a stoop to his trailer, and she apologizes to him for taking over his trailer. Jesus says he doesn't mind. He he grew up with a lot of people around him, and uh, Maggie says it, it was a big family, and he goes, no, it was a group home. And he's explaining how he feels that he finally belongs. He's trying to make sure that Maggie and Sasha become a part of this community, and in doing that, it's given him a sense of purpose. Um, when he was first there... He wasn't really there. He says he found it hard to get close to anyone. His neighbors, friends, and boyfriends. And he kind of like does this little look at Maggie. So I guess we now found out that this character is gay. And I guess Maggie didn't seem to have a problem with it. And, you know, it's it's all good. And she just kind of keeps talking. But that was Another kind of notch weird... on Walking Dead's belt for diversity in this show. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird well, way they dropped it in, but I mean, I guess, okay. I mean, it's cool, I guess. I mean... I I don't know, maybe because I've read the comic for so long or whatever. I, I don't know, but I it didn't even dawn on me that this was some big reveal until it was brought up on Talking Dead. Because, mm. cause, I mean, he's, it's pretty... I, I thought this had been addressed before, but I didn't... Mm-mm. I did not realize this was the big reveal. I I didn't either. I honestly couldn't remember, and I just kind of like, yeah, that's probably in the comic. That's that's, that's what that was my (laughs) thought. Good on on them for the way they did it, though. You know, it was just just like, I'm gay, or whatever. It's just an offhand (laughs) thing between two friends. You know, it wasn't a big deal, as it shouldn't be in real life, you know? So good on them for, for, you know, contextualizing it that way as well. So Sasha's nearby, and she overhears the last part of the conversation, but um, kind of sneaks into the trailer behind them. Jesus finds her going through one of his books, which he had uh, carved out store bullets in, 
and she takes two of them, puts it in her pocket. Jesus catches her. He walks in and says, look, it's okay. You can have the bullets, but I didn't know you had a gun. And then he kind of suddenly pieces it together. He goes, so Rosita didn't really come here to train the people, did, did she? You guys are going to go off on your own to kill Negan. And Enid's in the room, too, which I'm surprised. They, like, they don't shoo her away or, like, say, leave, let the adults talk. Like, they kind of just, like, she's part of the crew. Like, they don't even think twice about talking in front of her. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, they know she's up to snuff. She can handle herself. Yeah. So Enid and Jesus both try to convince... <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's no Major Dotson. So. <laughs> I don't want the cookies. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Chubb. I set you up real easy there, man. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. So <laughs> wow. At least he's honest. Damn. I know. <laughs> Takes a week off and he loses so many steps. Uh, what? Yeah. Craig's talking? Did someone say cookies? I don't know. What's going on? What's happening? <laughs> So Enid and Jesus both try to convince Sasha to stay, uh, that it isn't her time, that they need her as part of the community. She's strong. She's a leader. She's a fighter. And at the very least, she owes it to Maggie to tell her the truth. Sasha's mind, though, is made up. Jesus keeps trying. Says, look, you can take whatever you want. Just, again, you owe it to Maggie before you leave to tell her what you're doing. Jesus leaves. Sasha then walks over to Enid and asks her, look, just help me out here. Keep my secret. She agrees. And says, I'll give you 10 minutes, and then I'm going to tell Maggie what you're doing. She also hands over a knit bracelet to Enid that she's been working on as a gift for the baby and says, maybe you can work on it a little bit. Maybe you can help me finish it. So, again, she's saying her goodbyes. Like, she knows she's not coming back. She's giving up all of her worldly possessions, or at least a, at least a baby gift. All right, to, beam uh, me up. Yeah, beam me up. She's practicing that. She's practicing oh, yeah. That. She's yeah. in the mirror right now, yeah. So, um, and Enid's pretty cool. She goes, I'll give you 10 minutes. Then I'm telling Maggie everything, so you do what you got to do in those 10 minutes. But then suddenly, just as Sasha's gearing up to leave, one of the watchmen on top of the fence of the hilltop starts to bang some metal spikes together and screaming, the saviors are coming, the saviors are coming. So now now it starts ramping up. Enid rushes over and grabs Daryl to get him into a hiding spot. Rosita and Sasha book it out of town. They go through the secret hole in the fence that that apparently uh, Sasha dug out, and it's concealed by a wooden box. Uh, Maggie and Daryl realize they don't have time to make it to the box. The, the trucks are already rolling in. So the, the Enid gets them into the basement of the Barrington house. Hey, you know who would be a good person to bring on a trip to fight Negan? Who has a good idea of what the sanctuary looks like? <laughs> Who's that? That You know, who maybe made, maybe wouldn't be welcome at the hilltop if they were to find him there. Maybe had mastery of a ranged <laughs> weapon and could take him out at a long distance. Yeah, you know, perhaps, it, it just perhaps. make a, make a situation really easy in case you know they did find this person in the hilltop. Get that person out of the scenario, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, but Daryl's not going to the Star Trek place. So. He's, he's he's not going to the U- USS Discovery, right? He's not going. What are you gonna do with him? You can't do that. He got cast as the transporter chief, didn't you? Didn't you read it yesterday? It was on. Uh... <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not, he's not taking the show off to film his motorcycle diaries all over. Yeah, yeah. Him, him and Jeffrey Mean Dor- uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan over in Spain or something like that. They're fighting, <laughs> filming an episode, right? Yeah. No, they wait for Daryl. They don't. They they wait to film for Daryl. They have to do. <laughs> they're not going to do anything else. They're, they're going to keep Daryl. Oh man. So Simon and his gang of like 25 guys all arrive at the Barrington house. They file into the main foyer. Gregory opens up his, you know, his little study door there and he he's a very warm welcome and he goes, "Simon, welcome." And and Simon's like, 
right back at you, Gregory. Like he's just this big smile. <laughs> I, I, I will say this made my eye, this made me light up because I was like, oh boy, we're gonna get one of these seeds, and I'm gonna be very happy about this, regardless of how useful it is to the episode. <laughs> Stephen Ogg is great. Oh my god, is he so good? Every time he pops up, I just it's it's, it's gold. It really that, said, <laughs> that, that said, give give you know that it's only about like grabbing the doctor, which we'll get to. It seems like a little bit of overkill to have all these guys here to just take one dude out of the hilltop, the, the, like they, the most like laid one of the most laid back places they have to visit. Since Gregory's just gonna hand everything over. Yeah, that was weird, right? A fleet here, like who's they, fighting they, back? They're, right they're now? prepared. They, they, want, they want an insurrection to happen. They don't want any trouble. So that's it. Well, maybe because of Daryl. Maybe they think Daryl's. Could be anywhere. I mean, yeah. Yes, I get. I can understand. Maybe there's like an ulterior motive. Like, by the in case they happen to find Daryl, maybe. Right. Be, but at the same time, it seems like the whole purpose of them to go there was for just this thing. So, but you know, whatever. Maybe that's just Simon's crew. Maybe they just they just follow him. Like that. That's his. I, that's his I, gang. It's just, yeah. It's just his posse. His posse. Yeah, exactly. It, they were bored. It's his warriors group. The Simons. The Simon Phoenix. They named after Evolution Man. There you go. <laughs> they eat nothing but leftover Taco Bell they find. Nice. That's a delicacy. Yeah. They, they perform Dennis Leary stand-up specials to each other. Oof. I'm going deep on the Demolition Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. You can't go wrong with that one. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Murder, death, kill. Greg invites Simon into his study for a drink of some gin that his people had found. But Simon says, you know, I'm a man of varied tastes in transition and that right now I'm really into drinking tequila. And that gin is like tastes like turpentine to me. Greg says uh, he'll make a mental note of that. He's going to remember that. <laughs> It's my favorite monologue of the episode because because it's like he goes on for a long time talking about why he's tw- switched over to tequila. Yeah, it just doesn't like, it doesn't just stop there. There's like so there's like more minutes of this like explanation for his changeover. Yeah, he's like a nejo, really, reposado. He's like uh, mundo de, de, de sabor or something like that. I don't know. Taste of the world. He was saying some Spanish. Who knows what he was talking about? <laughs> Simon says their visit will be short. That they're here to pick someone up to take back to live with Negan at their compound. And he wants Greg to simply point them in the direction of this certain somebody. And then Greg asks, well, who is it? Simon says, you get your pointy finger up and I'll tell you. (laughs) He's so good. He's so good. (laughs) Which, again, is is trying to make you think that they're probably looking for Daryl, right? Like, I get that there's like a bait and switch aspect to this. Because obviously, I mean, unless you're really thinking like, well, we killed the doctor. So clearly they got to get the like, I mean, obviously, I think you're you're more inclined to think he's looking for Daryl. Like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because he's a little he's overly I mean, he's usually a dick like this, but he (laughs) he seems to be overly uh, aggressive with him. (laughs) (laughs) So Sasha and Rosita are on foot heading towards Negan's compound. And then they just flip to a scene where Daryl and Maggie are trapped in the basement. So they kind of catch up with everybody, and then we go right to commercial. Which is a great way to build tension, guys, by the way. Have a very tense scene with two people hiding from a person, and then cut to another scene, and then cut to commercial. They come back with commercial. To remit, like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a hugely tense scene that we didn't finish up here. A little, 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 little choppy. A little choppy. But oh, it, it, it did bring us to a very, very special commercial break. Oh, here we go! All right, so buckle your seatbelts, get get in a good position, folks, because it is time for Fear the Walking Dead hashtag Passage Unleashed by T-Mobile, brought to you by Mr. Aaron Newworth. Aaron, would you please? This is why I was because I'm like I'm, I'm furiously taking notes about my hashtag Passage segment, and then I'm like, oh yeah, we have this other scene we didn't even finish up yet, but whatever. Uh, 
this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, hashtag passage, uh, unleashed by T-Mobile, the uncarrier, uh, was a pretty intense one. Things really, I mean, while this episode's like ramping things down, this this passage episode's ramping things way up because uh, I know. we, we, we um, had Sierra trapped under like a tarp with a walker, like attacking her from like three weeks ago now at this point, because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, of Panicky Woman, who's now Knife Girl point two point oh. Um, she's like fighting with Colton, and so it's like, oh, finally we're getting back to Sierra. And so she's so like, there's like other guys in this passage now, and they're like, what? They're wondering what's going on. They see this like mine cart thing on the track. It's like going by the randomly because there's no one pushing it, and so like the guys go to inspect it, and sure enough, Sierra and the Walker pop out of there like a big old Jack in the Box, except this Jack in the Box has teeth, and it bites onto the one guy. The Walker's all. Like narrow, gnarling onto his neck, and the other guy's like, "Whoa! I didn't see that coming. I'm way too calm and have a weirdly comical accent about it." And so he's he's trying to figure out the situation. Meanwhile, Sierra's getting she's like getting the hell out of there. She's running away. She's she finds a ladder, and so she's starts to climb up the ladder, and she's almost getting out, getting the hell out of the hashtag passage until she gets called back by uh, what's her why don't i have her name gabby gabby <laughs> she yes. gets called back but thank you. she gets called back by gabby and she's like wait hold on sierra is that you to be continued so this episode of here the walking dead hashtag passions unleashed by t-mobile the young carrier it's a pretty good one guys it's pretty, oh, yeah. where things are things are really the momentum is building it's getting good i mean it's actually really good in fact the, the, the zombie kill the the bite to the neck was really good i mean it was like really well shot i'm like wow this it kept is... like cutting back to it it kept cutting yeah, between Sierra yeah. and <laughs> neck. i'm liking it i, I kind of want to see that the, 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 like i really want to see this thing strung together like without the break so let me see a continuous well, that'll be on the blu-ray i'm sure yeah i guess so they'll do it like, yeah just a straight 15 minutes but really awesome or they'll be like just a, like dvr like talking to like hey guys stay tuned for the full like feature uninterrupted yeah no commercial breaks <laughs> the way it was meant to be seen uncut on the uncarrier <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time i just kept wondering when short round was going to show up he's bringing the other side of the passage <laughs> well aaron as always thank you for your riveting riveting uh review because it really is uh we, we need to hear it and i think our, our our listeners do too so thank you so much one thing i've learned about our fans it's that <laughs> one recap of hashtag pa- fear the walking dead hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile the young carrier. That's one thing, but multiple recaps of fear the walking dead hashtag passage unleashed by T-Mobile the young carrier is the world. So I'm just hoping that the season wraps up nicely and hopefully everyone comes together. I hope so. You're doing, you're doing the Lord's work, Aaron. That's right. <laughs> that is not what I'm doing. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Thank you. So after commercial. We see um, inside of a car, we see Rosita trying to hotwire it. But again, she's doing a little two-wire touching thing, but nothing's happened. And she fails. How can that not work? She's taken one wire and pressed it to another wire. <laughs> and, 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 and miraculously, they're stripped, ready to go. They're twisted nicely at the end. Like, yeah, they're ready to go, but it just didn't didn't work this time. So about stripping wires with her mind. I think that's how, that's how that works. <laughs> At least try to use your teeth or something, right? So she's talking to Sasha then about siphoning gas, and then she notices Abraham's pendant hanging around Sasha's neck. And suddenly she gets snippy again and says, you like it? Yeah? I made it. And then they go. Guys, <laughs> guys did, did you know that 
that Rosita's not happy with Sasha about Abraham because I was not aware of what? that. Wait, what? what was this? I know, I know, I guys. Totally missed that. Oh it, man, it, it really buried that one until just now. It really came out here. What a surprise! And, I, wow, wow. What a twist. <laughs> That pendant, what was it? Like, it looks like a, like a piece of a tail lens, tail light lens, or something like from a car. I don't know what that was, but some kind of red thing with metal around it. I don't know what it was all about. Maybe we'll find it was out later. See, just, just tears. Craig, just, <laughs> I don't know if you're old enough to remember these things, but when yeah. I was a kid, they had these little crystal set things, and you could buy these wire frames, and then you put the little colored crystals in it and then melted them in the oven that's what that looked like to me wow I mean, I I anybody else power. know what i'm talking about yeah i think i'm How? the youngest group and i remember what you're talking about yeah. i don't even I remember haven't that seen them in years so. i remember I tricky dinks you put them in the oven you color them first and put them in i remember the that yeah, that's oh, yeah i remember these that. were out around the same time okay, but, okay. Oh, shrinky dinks nice were by far superior you you make, <laughs> you make your own stained glass with them basically yeah. Gotcha. Let's let's remind the odd the listeners here that the the episode's hashtag is hashtag Shrinky Dinks by the way so you know be, be sure to tag that when you're sharing this episode <laughs> like AMC does the second word is Shrinky Dinks. Shrinky Dinks. <laughs> That's two words. Is that the CTV uh, download code for a DCB service? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right. It'll be a special <laughs> discount code. Exactly. Yeah, it's back in the day when uh, when you're a child and anything was. It was great. Oh, man. Doesn't Good matter news. what you did. Stick it to a wall, put it in an oven. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They still have that? I mean, it's not even safe, right? They don't have that anymore. Right? I don't I doubt it. They're I afraid of some kid burning himself they, in the there's, oven there's, or something. There's, right? there's an app for that. There's <laughs> an app for that. So, after this, Sasha quickly tucks it in her shirt, and they continue on. They arrive at another car, Tan Saturn, and Rosita again tries to work her magic on it, and Sasha tries to, again, engage her in conversations, just small talk, trying to break the ice a little bit, where Rosita's saying, hey, you know, where'd you learn to disarm bombs in the army? Uh, Rosita, again, just quickly shuts her down, says, look, 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 I, I just, I'll talk to you about the mission, but beyond that, we're not talking. Like, And Sasha's like, okay, alright, you want to talk about the mission? Fine. Jesus said that there are some high buildings near Negan's compound. This is where we're going to go. We're going to go there. We're going to hole up. We're going to use my sniper rifle, and we're just going to take a clean shot right from the outside. We're not going to worry about going through the gates and getting killed, and maybe we can make it out of there alive. Rosita doesn't uh, like – yeah, Rosita doesn't like that. She starts walking like away. No, she's not storming <laughs> away. The, the, the list of likes on Rosita's list is not long. I think that's clear. <laughs> so she wants to go in and make sure – uh, that, that Negan full, gets killed. I mean, like, properly gets killed. They don't want to risk it, like, grazing him with a bullet or something or, you know, just yeah. missing him altogether, and then they, they're going to chase She's a ninja now. She don't get caught. <laughs> well, she missed him from five feet away. That's beside the point. That's a different story, right? Uh, she's, a she's, near, a she's a nearsighted ninja. She <laughs> was aiming for Lucille. Hit him where it hurts. It was Eugene's crappy bullet. That's what it was. Blame it on the bullet. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the bullet's fault. That's right. <laughs> He got he got too much pomade from his uh, uh, mullet in the bullet casing. <laughs> it's it stuck, it stuck to the barrel. Right? Yeah, is it? Yeah, that's what it was. So as they're walking, they take down a couple of walkers and they continue to bicker. Back at the hilltop, Enid tries to uh, stop a savior who is snooping around the basement, and she's carrying this this wicker basket full of vegetables. And she rambles on about how these veggies are heavy, and she needs him. To, oh, you can carry it back to your truck. It's very heavy. I can't carry this. And the guy's like, whoa. He goes, say the complete word, it's vegetables. He's correcting her. <laughs> oh, What's boy. worse is this 
She's um, making the situation worse. I f- this guy is really dumb because if he wasn't obvious that she was stalling or trying to keep him from going through those doors, I'm just like, Enid, you just made this worse. Right. What the hell was she doing? Like, I don't know what this plan was. Like, I'll She's just trying know, to keep man. him from going down in the, the roots. Right. He was near the basement. Yeah, he was getting near those doors and... I guess you were yeah, trying to distract I, I, him. Okay. I, I get that in theory, but oh, okay. like, was well, not the way to do that. <laughs> like, no. no, it was dumb. She thought the what the this was going to end with him like like carrying vegetables and being like, oh, thanks, little girl, bye, bye, bye. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so he also, and, and as she totally flubs and she drops the basket, uh, he notices Enid's knife hanging from her belt and, and then asks her to to give it to him. Like he he says, I'm not going to ask twice, and she proceeds to give him his knife and. That's it. And then he enters the basement and the music like ramps up to this really scary, like crazy level. And then we go to commercial. She gets robbed every time they come there. <laughs> yeah. Like what did this help with? There are it's not like they needed more time to hide. Like all no. she did was all she did was piss this guy off and lose her knife. Like, I just <laughs> every time they see her face, there's like I wanna take something from her. She just makes me mad. <laughs> I don't care if it's balloons, crayons, whatever the hell she has. I'm taking something. She, she's a perpetual victim. Yeah. So after the commercial, uh, we see Simon walking into the doctor's office, and he congratulates the good Dr. Carson, says he's moving up in the world. He's coming with them. And the doctor tries to ask, why do you need two doctors? And then Simon makes this really crazy face, like he's trying to convey <laughs> what really happened but he doesn't say anything he's like making his eyebrows up and he's squinting he's drinking making this really weird face and the doctor then finally pieces it together because simon's like figure it out that his okay so my brother pissed somebody off and now he's dead and simon then tries to soften the blow and sweeten the deal a little bit and says look you know yeah, but you know, if you come back with us, we got real ice cream back at the compound. He goes, someone yeah. even makes I didn't know he said cardamom, cardamom gelato or something. I didn't understand what that was, but I know what gelato Card- is. I don't know what car- uh, cardamom is, but cardamom uh, is a spice. It's it's uh, uh, it's it's delicious. Thank it's you, candy. Jim. I needed that. You know, the chef would know. He knows about uh, this. I quoted it. I just didn't know what I was talking about. Okay, there you go. Uh, so, use the conjunction with like cinnamon, and nutmeg a lot of times and things. Well, I want that, some. That sounds like some like some bougie ice cream. That's a, they're, they're living it up down there at the. Uh, I'm saying, what else they got over there? I'll just take vanilla, man. They're playing with the cardamom gelato. Let's go here. If only they made their own spaghetti sauce. <laughs> That's in the can. So, in the sanctuary, do you think it's a spaghetti Wednesdays or spaghetti Thursdays? Uh, that's a good I point. Know. I don't know. I mean, if Herschel, if Herschel was around, it'd be on Wednesday, right? Because he said it's ready Tuesday and Wednesday, but he's not oh, around right. anymore. So no. if Daryl's there, it's every day of the week. <laughs> I love the way he eats. Spaghetti. No, if if, <laughs> yeah. if Daryl's at the sanctuary, it's dog food Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. For us. <laughs> no, I'm talking about our Daryl. <laughs> oh, no. not the boat, not the the shooting bow one. No, not not that one. <laughs> I would make spaghetti for myself. Everyone else would have the canned spaghetti. <laughs> So on the way out, Simon's way of, uh, and I quoted this, not leaving them high and dry in the hilltop on the medical front is to leave a huge wooden box filled with like 100 packages of aspirin. Mm. <laughs> so did he write, I'm a dick on the box? Or did he, and it was no. so neatly put in there. like It was so like perfectly stacked and everything. And I'm like, what, what, what is this? According I, I, to the Talking I, Dead, that that crate was designed to look like the crate from that the ark was put in in uh indiana jones oh okay 
According well, I, to the Talking Dead, well, I, that's what I think. From the producers, there. Okay. Yeah, I, I took it as like the biggest dick move possible that Simon. That's what I thought. Like that seemed like such a giant pride. Like it seemed like that's why he had all of those guys just so they can make this this, yeah. this box gag pull off yeah. well. I Bring it in, guys. Carry it in. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, I want to see him whistle where you, again. Where do you see the look on his face when I pull this box out? It's gonna be hilarious, <laughs> man. Just a joke. Well, Gregory doesn't like it. In fact, he snarls a bit and asks for a word with Simon privately. So outside behind the trailer, between the trailer and the fence, they're having a little little confab, and Greg says that, you know, look, man, I'm a can-do guy. I have a lot to offer Negan. He explains that if the doctor goes, there could be forces within this camp that are not so sympathetic to Negan and his gang that may try to take over the town. And Simon understands. He says, look, all right, all right. If that happens, just come to me in the Savior's, you know, in the compound, and I'll help you solve your problems. Gregory's like, well, how will they let how will they let me in? Greg and Simon's like, I'll tell the guy at the gate, and he shoves a little note or something. He writes a little note down and shoves it in Greg's pocket. I really wonder what he wrote, like let this guy in or something. I don't know, but it's like a, like a hall pass or something for uh, for Gregory. And then Simon, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Go, keep going, keep going. Okay, I'll just say it then yeah, one more thing. Simon then says, you know, he's a good producer to Greg, and that... There's no reason for him to be so stressed. And then Greg once again tries to say, well, don't take my doctor. And he's like, oh, 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 oh. And he goes, all right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, you know, he's like, and that's it. And then he walks away. I, I think this scene is fantastic. And it's because yeah. it, it really emphasized why, why Gregory, for all his faults, because the show wants us to you know, clearly not like him as far as his actions, he does care about this town, this community. He like he he's being the most pragmatic he can be. He's also you know he's a jerk about it, but he's still trying to serve the people. He's also very aware that the people don't like him and they prefer Maggie, which seems very clear. And it, so it's this it's this really neat like play of power here, where he's like he's talking to the one guy who's basically controlling everything, and he's in this business where they're going to lose the doctor, regardless of if it's his fault or not. And he needs to try to do something about it, so he's trying here. And, and then Simon puts him in this position where he's like. You know, if you happen to know things that I don't know, you can tell me. And and inevitably, that's going to pay off in some way. So it's like there's there's a lot of really neat setups here that I think will pay off in some way. But also good like good work from, again, these actors, both Stephen Ogg and Xander Berkeley, I think, are doing great with these roles. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think about what you're saying there. Like, is he really thinking about the community or is he thinking about himself? He is. Like, I, I, I mean, he's. He's he is self. I'm not taking away the fact that he's self-serving. That's not beyond me. But I am. But I do think there's <laughs> there's a reason he became the leader of this town. It is not just because of power. I, I think there is there is humanity in this person. I think that's at the base of this character, and that's at least that's how that's how that's how Berkeley's performance is working for me. Mm-hmm. I I don't if the if the writers are thinking of it on that level. I'm not sure. I think Berkeley's almost too interesting for the part that they wrote for him. So it's making it's 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 pulling off more than I think would have been seen in like a lesser actor. But I do think there I think there is a part of him that really wants to, you know, not have his people die. Like, yeah, I don't think he's heartless about his town. I think he really legitimately cares, especially with the doctor. I mean, they're taking the doc- I mean, it's one thing to like, you know, 
be just a jerk to people, but they're taking the town doctor away from the town. Like that's that's a that's a, that's a big thing he's going to have to deal with. And well, I, I think he it really to does. a point, but he doesn't yeah. even learn the names of the people in the town. So he does. Right. He does now, though. He calls her Margaret. He calls. He calls her enough. Yeah. He calls, he calls well, everyone. Either. But I think that was more because he's pissed off at Maggie getting along with so many people in town. Oh, he's, and it he's, I, yeah, I'm not beyond. Again, I'm not beyond the fact that he's a jerk about things, and he, you know, he he would probably put himself above others if given the chance. But I also don't think he's completely beyond caring about everyone else that's around him as well, to some degree. Not the people that came in, but the people that were already part of the Hilltop. I also think that he just wants to be liked and looked up to. He's yeah. just one that, that he's shallow and he has to have that. He And he has to be the leader so that everybody loves him and he has more people at his inauguration. I mean, just he has to be the best. No one else can be. Well, not even just the best. I mean, he's not the dude that's going to be, you know, helping do the garden or do any of the labor stuff. That's not something he would ever want to do. I mean, he but he'll take the responsibility because no one else wanted it. You know, like Jesus could have did it, but he didn't want it. You know, like he he invested. He invested when no one else did. Put in, he put in the work, and there might be a matter of he's gotten very used to being in power, but uh, there he didn't just get there. Be, and he's even acknowledged in the pa- past episodes that he knows he's an asshole. Like, he yeah. knows this. He's not beyond knowing that he's an asshole. But, like, <laughs> that's why I think this character is so interesting to me, and that's why I like him a lot. I think there's so many layers to a character that I'm clearly supposed to, you know, he's clearly the, a villain. Just not not as intense as the other villains on this show, but he's clearly made out to be a villain. But he's at least an interesting villain, and I can really get behind that. No, I I see all that. I guess just in this particular case, it felt like he was more upset that the Doctor was leaving because it would lessen his status in the community than him actually caring about the community. You know what I mean? It's like more about him. That's what I got out of it. But I mean, because it doesn't make him look bad, right? Like he was more worried about that. Better, you know, I'm better than Maggie for this community. You know, I've kept us going all this time, and Maggie, she just came out of nowhere she's not the one you need i'm the one you need yeah i think it's a mixture of both i think it's a mixture of yeah but and 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 it's interesting because when they were talking about that um steven og was asked you know do you think simon thinks he's doing the right thing and he's like yeah and he's and he's like i would really like to have seen the scenario where this show started out following the saviors from the beginning and how the fans would react when they did come upon rick's group and the hilltop and ezekiel and all that hmm. and it is an interesting way to look at it you know if they were the protagonists I mean, if if we exclude Rick's little killing quest at at the outpost, if we just put that aside for a minute, they still are a bunch of pirates. I mean, that's really what they are. I mean, he's trying to to make himself like, well, they're just, you know, they're they're survivors, but they're pirates. I mean, they they rob everybody they come across. They threaten, they kill, they they torture, they, I mean, it's... I mean, that's that's my... Did you not grow up like the rest of us? We all wanted to be pirates. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. That's true. That's it's it's my problem with the Saviors to begin with because of how inconsistent they were in the previous season before Negan be, you know be, came about and suddenly the Saviors were just amazing all the time. I, I mean, because it was mm-hmm. you know it's just, just a bunch of like random guys that Rick and the gang could easily kill, and then they became like super amazing tacticians where they're setting up log fires and hanging walkers by chains and stuff. So it's like. Yeah, I would love to see a save a savior prequel series just to like show why some of them are just complete idiots, and then and then they can regroup when necessary. Like, yeah, but 
Well, if Fear the Walking Dead flops, maybe they will do a Negan backstory. Who knows? I mean, they, they it seem ha- to love it. It hasn't, it hasn't already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Season three is coming, man. Come on. It's going it to get good. Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's all, let's all get excited for this show, for Fear the Walking Dead Season 3. Come on. It's going to get good. Get on, get on the train. They're back in America. <laughs> Are they? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're going to get all right, so after the commercial, in the basement, Maggie and Daryl are hiding behind a set of shelves. Uh, the savior is down there scavenging for supplies, the one that, that Enid tried to thwart. But he doesn't see them hiding back there, so they got a really good little spot behind there. But Daryl can see out, and he's about to make his move and kill the savior, but Maggie kind of holds him back. I take issue with this. Because it's a really dumb thing? Yeah, good. Well, because not only is it a really <laughs> dumb thing, but okay... What has Daryl been doing since they first met Negan? What is the main thing internally that he's been doing? And that is beating himself up, right. blaming himself for acting impulsively, and getting Glenn killed. Right. Yes. So now he's in a similar situation, and he's going to do the same damn thing. That's a good point. Maybe to Maggie this time. Maybe she'll be the one that gets killed. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it's would have. It's a stupid move. You're completely yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, I have no, and the, the show it earns no points for me for trying to have some kind of like Maggie Daryl moments where they could reflect on how Daryl did something that got that presumably got her boy her husband killed. Because what were you just doing? Exactly what you just right. said. Which he just, right. you just almost did the thing that you're crying about two seconds later. Right. The, show, the, the, the editor would have done this episode a favor by just cutting out that little bit right before that because that would have been a great moment that because it was a good moment if you only saw that but you're right Aaron I mean having it prefaced with him doing the stupid thing that he's beating himself up about it I almost mean, made it look I mean I know they wanted to get to that moment where the guilt and stuff, but it almost place. made it almost made it feel like the, the the director or whatever was like we need to we need to have a cool Daryl yeah. you know reminder that Daryl is He's a killer. He's he's you know he's a dangerous dude. We need to remind the audience, but you don't have to. We know Daryl already. Yeah. yeah, I like. Why do you not? I I don't know why the show chooses not to trust the audience at various times. Like that, like we talk, like it's a brief thing, but that thing with Sasha and Rosita and the necklace. It's like, what are you? Why are we spending time on this stuff? Like yeah, we know they don't like each other. We're very know. They spent the entire season brooding about this. Right. What are you doing? Move on. Get to a, get to important stuff. <laughs> Just play the boy's mind, but. You know, yeah. Brandy and Monica, <laughs> and that would have just told the whole story right there. <laughs> so, as the savior left, they come out of their hiding space in the, in the basement, and Maggie confronts Daryl about what he was trying to do. And Daryl's like, "Look, you know, he deserved to die." And Maggie then insisted that Daryl look at her. He still hasn't yeah. looked at her this whole episode. Look at me! Look at me! <laughs> look at me! I'm the captain. It's <laughs> I was thinking more of like uh, Robert De Niro and Heat. You know, look at me, oh. look at me. He well, can't... <laughs> I think I, I'm foreshadowing again. I, I I think Maggie will be taking over this uh, community before this season's out. Yeah, this is hers, huh? I so, think it's coming. It's so, coming. So Daryl turns around and he's crying at this point. He's obviously racked with guilt over the death of Glenn. He even explains it. He insists it was his fault. But Maggie swears that it wasn't. I mean, she's letting him off the hook 150%. She doesn't even think anything of it. Like, it, she, she You're blames... what's good in this world. <laughs> she also says that Glenn thought Gar- Daryl was one of the last good guys. Yeah. And yeah, that... I, wrote, I wrote the quote that. It says, okay. you're, one of the, 
you're one of the good things in this world. Like you just yeah. said, yes. good just things like, in this world. Because I could, I love Maggie. When she which Maggie. which is like, I what? When did, when, when did Glenn say this? Like, <laughs> I, I that's what I was thinking. It's off I, I, don't de- yeah. I don't deny the the idea of that because yes, Daryl is at heart a good person. He's not even a. I mean, you know, he's, oh, I remember it was when him and T Dog were saving those kids in the orphanage. Right on, they're, they're on the bus. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that guy. Yeah, that guy Daryl. He's, he's okay. His brother. His brother's a dick, but he's all right. This guy Daryl. Yeah, he's all right. He's good in this. He's one of the good things in this world. <laughs> now let's get these kids out of this fire. Come on. So, and she also admitted that, look, she wanted to string up the savior as well and then kill him and gut him. I mean, she says she admitted having the same feelings, but they have to win. They have to do this the right way. They have to win this thing. They can't just be sloppy about it. And then asks Daryl to help her win. And they hug it out and he kind of nods and, and that's it. So he's, I guess he's come to terms with Maggie. All right. On the way out of town, everyone can see that Dr. Carson's being taken away. Like, all the townspeople suddenly gather in the main courtyard there, and they see that he's being carted away and led to the bed of the pickup truck. And they all look at Gregory, and he's he's none too pleased. So then we get to the kind of this, this action scene, so to speak. Like, the music ramps up big time. It's like this techno music almost. It just kind of gets yeah. really intense. Uh, Rosita torches a car next to a fence of, of the, this basically it was like a used car lot of something I guess it was and she torches one first to draw the walkers nearby to go to that car and then they sneak into the car lot and try to hotwire one of the other cars Rosita succeeds tells Sasha to get in she then puts it uh, Rosita puts it in reverse and backs over a walker or two which I thought was pretty cool I would flipped over the, the roof of the car it was pretty neat how it did that and then she just backed through a lock gate and then puts it in drive, and then just drives away. That was the I, that was the hot action sequence of the episode. They try to ramp it up, right? And it was disappointing. But the reason I was initially disappointed is I I don't know why, but I got it in my head. I thought they were at the Walker barrier outside Negan's compound. Uh, I thought they were about mm. to sneak in through the car or something like that and go through the Walkers that were out there. I don't know why I thought that, but and then when that was it, I'm like, they did all that just to show us them stealing a car <laughs> and he played this intense music along the way like it was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just disappointing i i was convinced that the car was going to explode at some point so i was kind of disappointed that we didn't see that but or, you know or, you can't you can't uh, there's a lot of explosions this season so i guess you can't have it all or do a wicked flip like they do in the a-team or something like just do this crazy uh 180 or something and just Explode. Or just have them like jump over like a river bend or something and like go. Yeah! <laughs> you know, doing that. Sasha's you're uh, having a bumpy time right now. Like, I don't know. Yeah, hog tied a railroad and we'll be back in five minutes to tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we see they, they do make it to that little building that they were that Sasha was talking about. We see her looking through the scope of her rifle. It's a pretty intense scope because they're kind of far away, but she see she can see Eugene clearly working the fence. And we see that he implemented his plan of melting, of using molten metal to attach the walkers to the fence. And they have like this helmet of metal now, so they can't be killed either. Like it's a pretty cool, uh, sick idea that Negan thought was pretty cool. The other big disappointment was not having a scene of Negan silently saying, this is cool as shit when he walked out. <laughs> yeah, <I'm saying. laughs> he should have said it over the radio. Just, to, just to, That would have been funny. Like, yeah, it's another radio yeah. appearance. Guys, if you haven't seen it yet, go to our fence because our resident doctor did something as cool as shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know who would have really dug that? Yeah. Fat Joey. Yeah. He would have, man. Fat oh, Joey, Fat Joey would have loved that, he man. He would have ate a sandwich and he would have watched that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He would have dug the hell out of that. That's oh, cool. Man. Yeah. And then cue the boy's mind in the background after that. <laughs> So, again, Sasha's the one looking through the scope, and she tells Rosita that she saw Eugene ordering people around. Rosita just scoffs and says, yeah, he's probably working some angle. So- I, I, we mentioned this one in the Eugene episode, but I do like that he's in, like, dark Sith mode because he has the dark jacket oh, on. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and, the, and the stuffed animal in his pocket, too. Yeah. Yeah. Grizzundle or whatever, whatever they call it, yeah. It's the Grundle Grundle bug or whatever the hell it was called. I don't know what it was called yet. That's funny. It's, so yes, it, it's it's pretty perfect. But I, I'd like to think that not only does is he doing that, but he has to be self aware about the fact that he is doing that because that's the kind of person he is, where he knows that he's wearing this jacket to emphasize his dark side choice. Like he should have <laughs> wearing sunglasses and grown a goatee too. He should have totally changed his image at this point, right? That, that would have been only would have finished it off. <laughs> <Take> time. <laughs> so Rosita then goes to sitting on the floor tying knots uh, in a single piece of rope. Sasha asks her to show her those kind of, you know, how to make those knots. I've never seen those before, she says. Again, still trying to break the ice with Rosita. Finally, Rosita agrees and says, okay, all right, let me, I'll show you. Here, you take a loop and you go like this and then whatever. Then she gets up and grabs the gun and starts looking through the window again. And she sees, this is now Rosita, sees Eugene standing there with his black jacket on and his stuffed animal hanging out of his pocket. Finally, Rosita opens up about, you know, her ex-boyfriend's, I think she named him Marcus, Johnny, and something else, Caesar, or Chaser, or something. Gunner, Alvin, Simon. Theodore. Yeah, just name him. Yeah, I think it was balls. Gunner, though. Gunner, okay. How, how she like, she shacked up with them, but picked up skills along the way. Like, one guy was good with bombs, and one guy was good with cars, one guy was good with the knots. And how, how very you... Sarah Connor of her. Well, you know, she <laughs> shouted out uh, Walking Dead TV podcast. She said, this is how I know how to do all those things. <laughs> that people asked about on that podcast over there. Yeah, where'd you get her skills from? Right, exactly. Yeah, we yeah, did yeah. ask. Yeah, you see, guys? Question. He's like, shut up, Richard Cherry Chopping Cherry. Chopping Cherry. I slept with a bunch of dudes <laughs> that, and I that, learned That stuff. chubby toad, whatever his name is. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> chubby toad. <laughs> chubby toad. <laughs> Grumbly gunk. Yeah, the name of the thing. thank you. Thank you for researching that. I appreciate that. And it's like going back to the file. Okay. So, and she even said, just for the fanboys out there, you know, like the sex was just for fun. Yeah. So she said, yeah, you know, the world is over. Everyone should be getting their rocks off. Right. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Rosita. Appreciate that. That's what's good in this world, though. Yeah. That you was know, that's just for fun. I didn't really mean it. It's just sex. I didn't even care. Yeah. I, I screwed Spencer. I didn't care about him. Yeah. That was Spencer, that was Spencer for hire. Spencer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so Sasha asks her if it was uh, the same with Abraham. Oh, and she's like, no, Ooh, man. no, no. She goes, I, I really, you yeah. know, I, he, he, you know, she, she, she cared for him, and was, yeah. but honestly, was mad at him and resented him for getting his stuff together before she did. Right. After they made it to Alexandria, like she, and she hated Sasha at that point. She admitted that, says I hated you, but realized that she more hated the fact that Abraham got his head clear. And got his stuff together, and that really bothered her before she did. She then starts to cry, and Sasha starts to cry, and and says that they, she never had, she never got the chance to tell Abraham, this is Rosita now, that she was happy for him and that he found happiness, and that it wasn't his time to go. Yeah. Sasha chimes in, says that Abraham would have wanted to go out fighting, and that the asshole with the bat took that away from them. 
from him. So it's this is this is the scene because we've all been waiting for this little commiserating, and there it was. I want to know where the respect is. That's not just some bat. That's Lucille. (laughs) They hear vehicles approaching, and through the scope, they see that Dr. Carson has arrived on the back of the pickup truck. And right here, I I started thinking, how the hell did they beat the Savior's back? But then I realized, okay, they did have a little bit of a head start. They did steal a car, so it kind of makes sense. I forgot that they weren't on foot, but I guess it made sense that they beat them back there. But either way, they, they look through. They see Dr. Carson hopping out of the truck, and they go, oh, boy. And then they, Negan comes out of the compound and greets him. Uh, but Sasha can't get a clean shot. You see, like, Eugene's fat head kind of blocking the shot. <laughs> He's totally in the way. A good sniper could have taken that shot. Yep. <laughs> Sasha tells Rosita that, to turn on their walkie-talkie. And then they hear a broadcast from Dr. Eugene Porter, chief engineer, instructing the wor- <laughs> the I guess the worker bee saviors, <laughs> To round up 12 more walkers, or dead ones, in the local parlance, as he says. Also, that Negan will be indisposed in his boudoir so they can direct any questions to him. Again, this is Dr. Eugene Porter, who is Negan, and I'm the chief engineer. Yeah, I love that part when he's throwing that. <laughs> who's Negan? <laughs> That's my Negan over there, boy. I love my Negan. That's my, my Negan. Negan. My, my Negan. My mother-effing Negan. Right there. <laughs> So Rosita and Sasha then agree, okay, we have to go to plan B. We're going to go in. So I guess they, they figured that that's, that Sasha's sniper plan just is not going to yeah, work. Ninja time. Ninja, ninja time. Pretty much. Yeah. So it after is. commercial, back to the hilltop we go. It's nighttime, and Jesus was summoned to Gregory's office. Greg asks him to have a seat, starts to tell Jesus that he's noticed that he's been slacking in his scavenging and recruiting duties lately. And there are too many people living in his trailer. It's a, it's a, it's a fire hazard. you got too many people in there. It's a fire hazard. There's a, a funny reading of that line. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a fire hazard. And there is plenty of room here in the Barrington house. Jesus chuckles and says he's amazed that Greg didn't kneel this time like he did last time with the Saviors. Gregory tries to get tough, though, and says, you know, he better not get out of line or he, who knows what might happen with all these Saviors coming and going. And Jesus is like, did you just threaten me? And Greg denies it, of course, and says, oh, you know, all I'm saying is, you know, I look out for my friends, and I realize you're not one of them. Right. I don't think he's not denying it. I think I mean he's he's acknowledging. Yeah, I did threaten you. I mean he's saying yeah. it a different way, but he's he's not backing down. I like this because of what Simon, you know, the tough talk he had with Simon. Like he has this like he's level of confidence. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which is a I mean, not that I'm supporting the Gregory side of this, but if that if he's gonna make a move, this is the way to make it. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, he's got. He's losing. He 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 has to feel like he's losing the PR war in in this place to mm-hmm. Maggie and them. Like he did. Like Jesus, Maggie. Like it doesn't help that Jesus is very supportive of Maggie. Also, right. So I, I I can see that he's thinking to himself every day I'm here, and if I tell on them, and then the saviors come and take them away. I look even worse to the. I have to get rid of her in a way that it doesn't look like I did it on purpose. Hmm. So he's got some strategy going here. All right. Yeah, he we'll has see, to. We'll, see, has we'll to. see what happens. So Jesus, then on the way out, is leaving, and one of the hilltoppers brings Gregory a nice full bottle of tequila, which I didn't really understand. That like, did they have that stashed away somewhere, and he just didn't drink it until now? I, I didn't really get where that came from. Where did Simon leave it behind? It, no, it's it, no. He he had the tequila. No, it's more it's. 
it's it's Walking Dead's over the top way of referencing the fact that Gregory is boys with Simon now, and Simon's oh, a tequila guy, so now he's a tequila. He's guy. switching to tequila now. I get it now. He's he's yes. okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, he pours himself a glass, and the door closes. At the Savior's compound, Eugene is walking and talking to a Savior outside, explaining how he won't tolerate any half-assed attempts to fortify the gate. Now they have they have some walkers with spikes and chains, and it's good for optics, but they need a stronger perimeter. Uh, the guard starts to agree with Eugene, says, yeah, you know, I'm better than the previous guy. I know how to use a gun. And then suddenly, as fast as he said that, he's taken out with a headshot, and so is a walker on the other side of the gate. Uh, it's a silenced bullet, actually. You don't even really hear it. It just kind of takes them both out. Eugene is in utter shock, and then we see Rosita run right to the fence, and she goes, hey, hey. It's okay. I'm here to get you out. I'm here to rescue you. He starts to cry and says, no, I'm not going with you. I didn't ask you to come, so just go. And he scampers back inside uh, to the I've safety of the building. I've got video games, and I've got spaghetti, and <laughs> I've got, 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 got pickles. I don't have lobster, but I, I, you know, I have other things. <laughs> don't mess it up. Cream. I got this big old jar of pickles. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. So... Rosita mutters after he runs away, weakling, lying sack of shit, <laughs> begins to cut the fence. <laughs> she's had enough with him, man. All these uh, years, right? She's she's uh, done. She had enough of Eugene. She's uh, she done with him. <laughs> so she she begins to cut the fence, and um, Sasha then like the, they pull this fast move, like she has um, Rosita watch out the back or something like that. And then she quickly turns and gets his bike lock. Shoves it through the fence and then locks the fence up right behind her. So she walks through, essentially leaving Rosita on the other side of the fence. And Rosita's none too pleased, and, and Sasha smiles and says, look, it's not your time. I'll get the job done. Don't worry. And time. Call your agent. Get another show. That's <laughs> so and you actually see Sasha run into the building, and she takes out another another savior before she does. Rosita runs away crying, says, damn it. And then we see a dark figure nearby carrying a crossbow in the shadows. Yeah, it's Dwight. And the show ends. Yeah, it even looked like him, like a haircut. Yeah, I'm thinking it's Dwight because they showed a picture of it on Facebook, and it does look like Dwight. Right. I mean, mean, it was obvious. I mean, (laughs) there's no way Daryl could have gotten there that quick in the timeline. I mean, well, it was nighttime. He could have driven there, but the thing is – I don't think the, the shape of the consistent. body was the same. Like it looked like Mark Dwight. That's just. Me. I mean, that was Dwight. Yeah, yeah Jesus mean, doesn't carry weapons usually, so I don't. The show yeah. isn't really the most consistent with that kind of thing, though. You know. So they may tease us, and cool. may, maybe Daryl. You think next week or something? They could. I wrote. Yeah, I wrote Daryl in my review uh, mainly because I just felt like writing Daryl in my review because I'm feeling like thinking about it. But like, I mean, yes, I mean. If they wanted to show Daryl, they'd show Daryl. If they're going to be mysterious about it, yeah, there's going to be Dwight. I mean, that's it. Like, it's done. Done deal. Right. Uh, so it's guys of bows. I mean, <laughs> so that brings an end to this week's episode. And before we get to our Buster ratings, we can have a quick word from our sponsor. Um, Daryl, would you be so kind to take it away this week? Yes, if you uh, like comics and you are interested in catching up on a lot of these uh, Walking Dead comic books or trades or, or anything like that, or you want to give for a gift for for a loved one, you could go to dcbsservice.com and check out all the uh, choices of, of comics you can get. I mean, they have bundles for the DC stuff. They have for the bundles for our Marvel, which has a 
a, a new event going on with Captain America. Everybody liked the Winter Soldier and uh, Civil War, so you, you might uh, dig the comic book that's about that character as a Nazi, but don't worry about that. Just keep reading it, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can also uh, pick up a lot of other stuff. Uh, Image has a lot of uh, different comics that are out right now, a lot of, a lot of sci-fi comics, a lot of... Um, like black science and, and things of that nature. So every one of those comics has a deal. Um, you'd never pay full price on anything. So you can have it shipped to your house uh, either weekly or, or twice a, a month or, or once a month. It depends on what you want. And you can ask any question. You email them and they will get back to you right away. Uh, and also you can check out some trades too at InStock Trades, which is their sister site. So... Uh, and you can get uh, some T-shirts and mugs and figures and all that kind of stuff. It's all on the website, which is easily uh, accessible to any uh, browser that you might have, even if you're looking at it on your phone um, or tablet. So it's 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 all there. It's all available, and we all appreciate the service. We've all used it before. Um, not so, only comic, not only comics and graphic novels, but also T-shirts and. Uh, you know, Funko Pops and action figures and games and statues and you name it. You know, they, they can get it for you, pop culture related. Yeah, it's all there. It's all there. Yep, they are amazing. So thank you, and they make it possible for us to bring you the Walking Dead TV podcast every week. So thanks, Daryl, for, for doing that. Let's get to our Buster ratings. Aaron, starting with you, sir. Um, I guess I'll go three and a half. Busters, like I mean, it it has some. It, there's some dub stuff in this one of that Daryl <laughs> thing we mentioned and what have you. But like, I, there are good things in here. Like I like that opening montage is like pretty well done. The eventually getting to the character moments with uh, Rosita and Sasha works well enough. The the uh, Simon and Gregory stuff is always a highlight for me. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, it if I'm if it sounds like we're coming down on this episode, I think it's more because I. Personally, I think the you know last week was such a, a strong effort. So it's like, and you know we're trying to build to the end of the season. So it's like, this is like, all right, this is a thing that happened. But why did this happen now? We got this great episode last week, and momentum should be building up stronger. But as an episode separated from everything else, it's it's fine. Just nothing amazing. So three and a half busters. Okay, uh, Richard. Yeah, I'm along about in the same opinion. I, I'm figuring three busters because, I mean, it's very middle of the road. It's an acceptable episode, but it's not a great episode. A um, couple of good moments. Um, and I, I my my favorite moment of all, though, is Eugene on the radio. So, you know, <laughs> that, that just kind of tells you how exciting this episode was. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say three busters. Okay. Daryl. Uh, I definitely would have to give it uh, no more than three. Uh, I'm, I'm almost ready to give it two and a half. Um, it just was a letdown from, especially from last week's episode. It really was just you can kind of you knew what was going to happen. I mean, there was nothing surprising really about how this went down, and this conversation should have happened a bunch of episodes ago. Like the, just the Rosita anger, that it just. It just was this intense anger to do some dumb things that I don't think the character would have done if not for they wrote it that way. But mm -hmm. it just didn't seem like a natural progression that she would do 
she would continue to keep doing what she's doing in this way. Like I would, if anything, I think she would have worked with the group even more, or she would have volunteered to do even more stuff for, um, you know, for, for the group in terms of fighting this war, as opposed to thinking that she's going to do what she's going to do and put everybody in jeopardy after she already got a person killed because of, you know, acting rash like she's doing. So it just mm. didn't, it just didn't come off well for me. And I didn't enjoy it as much as I, which is a letdown because it's been so many episodes in the last, you know, the last three or four episodes have been so good that this was just kind of just disappointing. Yeah. Jim. I give it a three. It's just very, very average episode. Nothing really to distinguish itself. And again, it just seemed like more, uh, more, you know, moving around to the pieces to get them where they need to be for everything to, for all the, you know, solid feces to hit the rotary oscillator, as it were. So, uh, three. Yeah, I think I'll also, I'll give it a 3.25 because of the, the, the Stephen Ogg and the, uh, uh, you know, and the Xander Berkeley kind of duo. I think, I think that elevates any episode. And even with, you could see the script was kind of on the weak side, but they just elevated it with their character acting. I just thought it was really, that was the redeeming part of this episode. That fake action sequence with stealing a car. It's like, all right, you can put some crazy music behind it, but it's like, we've seen a lot more, a lot worse on this show. So it's like, come on, it wasn't that exciting. Um, I, I don't like, and I said it earlier on in the show, how the, the inconsistent tempo of these episodes, they should be like mm-hmm. ramping up, ramping up, ramping up, not going backwards and ramping up a little bit more and then going backwards again. It's like it's not consistent. I, I'm really curious to see this season in particular on a binge watch as opposed to like how we're getting it now week to week. Maybe it won't be as bad. Maybe it will feel more like a contiguous story that way, like, you know, instead of watching it broken up like this i don't know but either way i can only rate it this way so um i'll I'll give it a 3.25 really doesn't doesn't deserve any more than that but who cares what we think we have an amazing facebook group if you haven't joined it yet you don't know what you're missing if you listen to the show just go to facebook do a search for the walking dead tv podcast hit join group we get you in very quickly we're 820 members strong and you get to hear your very own buster ratings read by the soothing baritone sounds of Mr. Jim Dietz. Jim, would you do I, uh, the honors, don't please? Mean, I don't mean to correct you, Craig, but we we're at actually 821. Excuse numbers. me. Yes. Whoa. Thank you, Whoa. Thank you right. so Whoa. much. <laughs> uh, we, Like you said, uh, not only are, are, is it a great Facebook group, uh, 100% troll-free, but also you can get direct links to all of our shows and to Aaron's uh, weekly reviews of the episodes of The Walking Dead on theyoungfolks.com. You can just go from the link directly in the Facebook group. And once again, like Craig said, we offer you your chance to get your opinion heard and uh, read off here on the air. We're going to start this week with Brent Jones. Uh, he wrote a pretty long piece, but I'm going to try to you know, uh, summarize. Uh, three Dark Knight Daryls out of five. Uh, another pointless setup episode that didn't move the f- story forward, but uh, just a little bit tired of it. Let's go already. You know it's bad when they over-dramatize a car-stealing scene because that was the only action in the episode. <laughs> you knew that we're going to find Daryl or Mags. We know Sasha is dead meat. Uh, I'm ready for the damn war already. If the show is no longer going to be about surviving the apocalypse and more about groups versus groups, then enough dragging it out and let's have it out already. Uh, Katie Levesque, I give tonight's episode a three out of five serious discussions. The good was to see Daryl and Maggie finally chat and talk about the Glenn situation and Rosita talk to Sasha and have a decent conversation for a few minutes. The bad was it was pretty slow paced and didn't move much forward. 
Uh, DeRay Irvin, four tequila shots out of five. I thought this episode was great, but I really dig the cheesy emotional moments uh, between characters and can deal with the buildup for the finale. I liked how subtle Jesus is coming out to Maggie was. They didn't make it a big deal because it's not. Uh, I am, however, really mad at Eugene, who must be such a dumb dumb. <laughs> uh, Carl Hooker, uh, four Daryl tears out of five. <laughs> it wasn't super action packed, but had some needed dialogue. Always love bits with Gregory and Simon. Uh, they could be their own spinoff series. I think episodes like this, while they make their people impatient, can pay off later if the buildup is right. Sure, this season could easily be four episodes long, but then what fun would that be? Oh, and I'm calling it now. Eugene gets taken out by one of those metal headwalkers. Oh. And uh, Robert <laughs> Nigro absolutely. Robert Nigro chimed in. Absolutely, those are Chekhov's walkers right there. Uh, Christine Bowman at 2.5 baskets of veggies out of five. This episode embodied what the show has been struggling with all season. Ever since the season finale of season five, the audience knew where the story would be heading. War and taking down Negan. Compare this season to season five. In season five, they broke out of Terminus, had a few episodes, are, are, are taking care of them. Bob's death, best hospital story, line death, Tyrese's death, journey to Alexandria, Carol's monster speech to Sam, Glenn Nicholas, Noah dying, Morgan returning, and more. What has this season had? A season premiere that should have been the season six finale, being sad and angry and meeting new communities. Um, Mike Jones, three, Simon says, out of five, the positives were all the scenes with Simon and Eugene. The negatives were everything else. Uh, watching Sa Sasha and Rosita talk is about as much fun as watching paint dry. And I run a hardware store, so I know what I'm talking about. Uh, Johnny Store, four out of I must have caught Rosita how to, I must have taught Rosita how to defuse bombs out of five. Uh, WTF, another good episode. Solid ground tonight, carrying us on to all out war. I want to request something. A comic comparison to the show after predictions. Uh, someone who owns every issue and variant of the comics, I think you guys could do this. Also, you got to read the comics, so I think it would fit great. Just put it as a little spoiler section on the podcast, please. Something to take into consideration, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We can definitely definitely do that. It's not a problem. I know we. I know we've had standalone spoiler episodes, like in between seasons, where we've done that. Uh, I think before. we were talking about. Um, and this is obviously subject to change, but we can do an extended length season finale uh, episode. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that last week. Yeah, and kind of like bring some of the old hosts back, maybe stretch it into two podcasts if it goes that long. And, you know, we can do the first half to review the episode, the second half to do spoiler stuff. And, uh -huh. you know, we're going to do something special for the season finale. So stay tuned. Uh, keep it up. I listened to 40 podcasts, and you guys were the first. Comic hey, section. All right, we made all right. it. Cool. All right, we popped your cherry. Awesome, man. It's yeah, good. We've been we've been here all this time. Uh, Jeremy Brackens, four veggies out of five. Good episode. Great scene between Maggie and Daryl. Uh, Michael Santana, uh, three point. Oh, I'm sorry, two point five. There's so much better stuff on TV. Why am I still watching this show? Out of five. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Damn. It got a little salty in here. Uh -huh. uh, Mary Terpecchia, three lacking nuances out of five. Uh -huh. uh, not a terrible episode, but not a great one either. Glad Daryl admitted his guilt, if it was his fault. And I enjoyed the scenes with Simon and Gregory. In short, a letdown from last week. Let's go back to the kingdom. Uh, Harold Turk, I am going with an incomplete, simply because I didn't feel like watching it last night. I sadly agree with Brett that this is the worst season, at least since Herschel's Farm. It's become a little too soap opera-ish for my taste. 
<laughs> Remember how episodes of Herschel's Farm made all of our top five? That was so funny. Yeah. So, so what do you yeah. think? What are you saying? Like in six years from now, we're gonna think, "Oh man, season seven was awesome." The, the, remember, the, remember that? Yeah, oh. man. They went to the kingdom, and yeah, it was awesome. I don't know. I don't know. The tiger. I, I feel like I'm in a vacuum then, because I, I really do felt feel like this second half, they really pulled it up. They, uh, yeah, they upped I, it. So. I agree. I think the second half has been a terrific. I mean, this episode. This episode's really the low light of a pretty terrific second half of the season. Yes, I agree. that's one way to put yeah. it. Yeah. What well, reaction it from fans? I mean, but reaction from listeners and stuff. It it feels like we're in a vacuum. That we're the only ones that feel that way. I will say the first half of the season didn't help because no, I, it did not. No, yeah, it turned a lot of people off. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ian Roswell, uh, 3.75. Simon Subtle looks, say it all, out of five. I feel <laughs> we're very uh, spoiled by last week's episode, and which has been a high episode for a long time, meaning this week seemed weaker in comparison. I, for one, am enjoying this season. It's not great, but chewable. <laughs> uh, hashtag, if Jerry dies, we riot. Uh, Tan Buono, uh, three bitchy Rositas out of five. I would have rated it higher if she died. Damn. No. Uh, why does the baby look like it's about to walk out of Maggie's womb and she's not even showing? <laughs> uh, Robert Nigro, three suicide missions out of five. I wanted to like this episode more than I did, given that it had the same blend of action, danger, threat, and interpersonal stuff that I profess to like. See, something about it was just off. I wasn't feeling it, even though I do think it was needed to help advance the plot. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, three. Anyone got an aspirin? This tequila hangover is killing me out of five. <laughs> uh, my least favorite episode since the mid-season premiere, but still a decent episode overall. Uh, Rosita and Sasha went secondhand car shopping, and the walkers looked true to life. Uh, secondhand car salesman. <laughs> that's, that's about right. Uh, Andrew Park, did Wiley Cody pack that crate of aspirin? Uh, this, esp- this episode was enough to give anyone a headache. I'm getting a tad bored with the standard Dick routine from all the Saviors. Red shirts. Do the Saviors all go to Dick school? Um, I, I think we won't get a war until season eight, part two. 2.5 last drizzles of gin for this episode. Uh, Nicholas Masilo, three not tying lessons out of five. Decent episode this week. Had its good moments like any scene that had Simon in it. I mean, his guy has become my favorite character on The Walking Dead. Well, what, what about Jerry? What about Jerry, though? I, mean, I don't know. He's yeah. probably a close second. Let's okay, all right. Okay. okay. And finally, Janet Broom, three. Dr. Eugene Porter, also known as Negan, who I am, out of five. <laughs> uh, I like Simon's scenes, especially his expressive face and Eugene's speech on the radio. I'm glad Maggie and Daryl finally talked about Glenn. Overall, the episode was disappointing, though. It was pretty predictable. Uh-huh. And if you would like to sound off on the next episode of Walking Dead and have your uh, comments right on the show, then by all means, join the Facebook group and drop your comments right there. Jim, as always, thank you, sir. We had another question uh, on the page from a uh, longtime listener, Robert Nigro. He says, I have two questions. I guess I'll answer them here. Uh, was Simon the guy Rick and the others in the RV were confronted by and generally harassed by in the episode The Last Day on Earth? I forget yes. if that was him. And I say yes, that was definitely. That, yes, that was him. Yes, right. done. Okay. Done. And the second question, do we think Rosita saw Daryl or Dwight, which we again we addressed? I mean, I think we're split on this one. I'd say Dwight. I was thinking Dwight, too. Yeah. Yeah. But some of you, who, who said Daryl? I think it was. I wrote Daryl in my review I, I, just because I was tired. <laughs> I didn't feel like analyzing the scene too much. I'm like, yeah, okay, there's a shady guy of the thing. Uh, probably Dwight. 
the show's not smart enough to want to trick you up, I think, making you think that it could be Dwight because of Shadowy to go back to Daryl, so I'm going to say Dwight. Okay. Right. You think it's Dwight uh, uh, letting her go? Like, you think Dwight's going to just let her go or even help her? Yes. If we're talking about predictions, yes. <laughs> I okay. think if there's a purpose to him being out there in that mm-hmm. situation, then it would, as, as far as what it would serve for this show, it would be because he's going to try to help in some way. Yeah. Zombie Merle. Because I just can't see it. Be, it I'd be, listen, I'd be proud of them if they Zombie did it. Girl. To just mess with us, but it I would it I'd be really surprised if she turns around, you know, after all of this Sasha sacrifices, she runs, looks, and then he shoots it with an arrow and kills her. That would be something though. That would be uh that would be a, a tragic turn and I'd be surprised by it, but Yeah. Never gotcha. know. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap it up right now. Any other final thoughts on the episode, guys? Any predictions? Anything about next week? <laughs> it was nice knowing Sasha while she was around. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting for that Star Trek show. Hope they get it together. Yeah. It out. That's funny. All right, so let's uh, let's wrap it up. So, guys, where can our listeners find us when we are not talking The Walking Dead? Aaron, we'll start with you. Well, and I'm not talking walking. I'm grooving with movies over on the Out Now. <laughs> oh, look what you did! Man. Whoa! Um, uh, I, I talk on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, the show that I co-host with my friend Abe. We talk about the new, new movie releases. Uh, this week we talked uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, which Ooh. was a fun episode. We got some good guests on that one, and uh, we have a new commentary track coming out, which uh, friend of the show Jim Dietz on this very podcast. He'll be joining Aww. us. So, uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, w- which commentary? What are you guys doing? Which uh... we're gonna. In honor of the 30th anniversary of Lethal Weapon, we'll be talking the movie. <laughs> oh, that's a great yep. movie. Oh, awesome. Man, I, am, I am so totally too old for this <laughs> too. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, be, uh, I'll be back next week. I, I got to go now. But yeah, it was a good right, listen, Aaron, Aaron, thanks for joining us. Uh, Chubb had to leave as well. Uh, Daryl, how about you? Uh, you can go to Taylor Network of Podcast, and uh, you can hear me and Jim on uh, Nothing's On, which is a TV and movie podcast that we recorded weekly. We just did a spoiler-filled uh, review of Logan. Now that everyone has seen it, who is going to see it, they can uh, check out our thoughts on it and and share with us as well. As well, And there's a bunch of other podcasts that are on the network and, you know, that they can check out also. So Nice. Very good. All right, Jim. Uh, I produce and I'm the host of uh, the DC TV podcast, along with Daryl and Jerry and Chub Toad. We cover all the DC comics-related properties on television. That's like Supergirl and The Flash and Lucifer and uh, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow, all those great shows. Um, also, as Daryl said on Nothing's On, uh, I'm on a new show now called Paradigm Shift, which is a Dungeons & Dragons campaign, which has been a lot of fun to be on and a lot of fun to record uh, with a bunch of other interesting people. And uh, you can catch me all those places. Uh, and from where this uh, podcast arises, hhwld.com. And you can follow me on the Twitters at Yoda Jones. Excellent. And if you want to hear my other show, I'm the host of the Auto Chat Show. Me and my co-host, Teddy, discuss cars and pop culture, review new cars, discuss anything about the automotive industry. It's a lot of fun. Check us out. Uh, we most recently had an episode we just recorded. I'll be putting it up in a couple days where we're talking about the recent snowmageddon we had here on the East Coast. Uh, different. Uh, <laughs> we had a guest uh, join us who has actually a, a plow driver talking about some of the stupid stuff that drivers do on the road, uh, oh, yeah. especially during snow time. 
times. So uh, we talked about different trucks and things, uh, you know, favorite uh, snowplow trucks and all kind of stuff. So anyway, if you're into trucks and cars, we did also did a review of the Hyundai Santa Fe. So come on, check it out, autochatshow.com. Do a search for the Auto Chat Show. Like us on Facebook and all that kind of fun stuff. Until there's new more room in hell and a dead walk the earth, remember, if you need an aspirin, we've got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Take nice. care, folks. <laughs>